Hey friends. Hey friends. Episode two. Season two. I'm going to keep saying season two. Are you very happy about this? I really am. I like it. Don't know why. Well, we're very good at commitment. (laughs) We sure are. We're so good at it. Oh, I should have saved that for our our segue. Oh, yeah? I'll put it back in my pocket. Okay. Put it away. Do you want to just put the microphone in your mug of tea and swish it around? I don't know. Just have it. I don't either. Ooh. Weird to watch. Friends, I am tired. Nana didn't have her nap today. Nana didn't have a nap today. She Ooh. she did aqua zumba this morning. <laughs> she's, she's rough. I did aqua zumba. What other old lady things did I do today? No, that's it, really. Well, I had to recreate my whole altar you did we switched offices we did which we're switching things up yeah that's all right i might get a new chair oh yeah one that has a back on it okay we'll see all right you know what i wish the more i view the world and people through like the ayurveda lens Mm -hmm. like the dosh the doshas and whatnot Uh uh-huh I wish like the doshas was like in the lexicon of the greater population. Like if you are showing up for a job uh-huh. and being like, hi, I'm your supervisor. I am primarily fire and air. Right. I would be like, I quit immediately. Sorry. Thank you for the opportunity, <laughs> but I'm leaving. It's true. You wouldn't do well with that. Wouldn't at all. No. Not as someone, as a coworker. Like, quote unquote, equal, like, yeah, yeah, co-worker. Yeah. If someone's like, hi, I'm going to be working with you on this project. I'm air and fire. Like, sweet. I am earth and water. Perfect balance. This is going to work. Right. Yeah. So it's actually like, you want to know who in a supervisory. I mean, I I would want to know the other way. Everyone. You want to know everybody. Every jabroni I have to talk to, deal with. I want people wear little name tags that says, hello, my name is Jeannie and I am Kafa. Yep. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, I'm technically tridoshic, but I err on the side of Kafa-ness. I think it's my nine, actually, that makes me more Kafa. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, it doesn't even have to be the word Kafa because I still don't know enough about... Um, Earth and water. Right. Like... Kafa pitta vata. I, I don't know it well enough. I would just either like or little pictures. I have a little <laughs> little fire symbol. Little in the fire corner. symbol. Uh-huh. Little like whoosh air symbol. Yeah. What would the one be for the ether? Like a swirly. Would it be a swirly? It had to be like red, like the ether from the. No, MCU. I always think of it as being like a purpley blue ether. Hmm. I don't know why. Okay. Yeah, then like a little earth sticker, mm-hmm. or just a pile of dirt. Yeah, that would be like a poop emoji. No, just just a, a pile of dirt. Pile of dirt. Name tag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would need that. I would really, I would love that. How would it work in like day-to-day interactions? Like, like how would that affect my interactions with people? Yeah. I would have way more patience, I think. If I saw a purple swirly sticker on someone's like <laughs> lapel, I'd be like, "Oh, oh, this makes sense you're now." A pur- you're a purple swirly terminator. 
It doesn't stop using Terminator. Why? Because it just seems weird. But that's like we're different models of. I'm sure we could. How about Droid? We said Droid before. Okay. 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 We can okay. think of another. You're a model purple swirly Droid. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which then I could at least. I'd probably still be pissed at whatever situation. Because if I'm interacting mm-hmm. with you out in the world, mm-hmm. either I'm at your place of business where you're working. Okay. Um, or like you're just another schmo at the, at a place that I'm another interacting schmo. with. So like I can pause and be like, okay, this person is a lot of ether. <laughs> or, or not. That could just be like, oh, this is why I'm annoyed at you. <laughs> where's, yeah, I think that's my question. Where's your earth counterpart to balance this out? And- Would you... I mean, it would probably also depend on the day. And I can imagine like there would be a tendency. Would you be more likely to be like compassionate because now you have some kind of fundamental awareness? Yes, because if I'm driving behind someone Mm -hmm. and it's like they're earth primarily and they're just like, like, I get it. I've been there. We're like, I'm just driving the literal speed limit because I'm not really in a rush. Not in a rush. I don't really need to get where I'm going in a really timely manner. So like, I'm just going to drive and I'm enjoying either the scenery or what I'm listening to. So like getting there quickly is not a priority. Mm -hmm. I've been there, but I've also been the one that's like, I really got to get to where I'm going. Mm -hmm. But at least if I saw that they were earth, I would understand. I don't know. You would understand the pokiness. I'm kicking it around. I'm going to see how it sticks. All right. I can, I can get behind that. I mean, I think, I would like maybe even Enneagram type because at this stage in the Ayurveda rabbit hole of my life, mm. I don't need name tags. I'm like, right. oh, right. Yeah. You're, yeah, this is what's happening yep. right now. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously, I can't tell that if I'm driving behind someone in the car. Um, and if I'm having a conversation with someone, mm. it's highly oh, yeah. likely that I can nail whatever they're particular dosha is and then be like this is like seeming a little yeah talking to someone gives it away pretty quickly yeah i would think i don't know enough about the enneagram to for it to be useful to me yet mm. like oh you're a one i can talk to you and this is gonna this conversation is gonna make sense right and be filled with brilliant ideas I don't know if you would have that experience with a one, actually. Like, really? I'm very, very curious about what two ones having a conversation about, because it could go swimmingly if they agree. Well, I mean, it's like a healthy one versus a not healthy one. Well, it could also um, just be two healthy or unhealthy ones, regardless of where they are. Two ones who are pretty sure that they know the way that something is supposed to be and not agree with each other. And that mm. does not sound... Like, that sounds like a, a nine's nightmare mm. because of the level of conflict see that. that would happen. All yeah. Right. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's good that the greater world doesn't have this knowledge, <laughs> like, so handy where they're just using it. If they did, it would just be like, are you one? Yes. Like, oh, I can't talk to you. I don't want to hear your ideas. Like, yeah, why? They're but all that's right. not what happens, though, because we have such weird human interaction amnesia because the same thing could be said like oh astrology you know like you know enough about astrology you know enough about what type vibes with you and what type doesn't and time and time again 
some, you know, air sign out there is going to think that they're going to marry an earth sign. Not a good plan, guys. Not a good plan. Not a good plan. Don't know. And they'll hear this. Other people will tell them this. And it's like, but I love them. Yeah, it's weird that out of like the Enneagram, the doshas, and the astrology, it's a shame that the astrology is the most widely known. You know what I mean? Because it's like the most random. It has nothing to do with your choices as a person on the day-to-day level or like how your physical body interacts with what you put in it and stuff like that. Mm. Like it's not based on interactions or behavior or patterns. It's just like based on a random time. Okay. You know what I mean? Like the other that's why the other ones make so much sense for me. Where it's not about like, well, we're putting you into this because this is the day you showed up on this planet. It's more about like this is how you handle uh conflict relationships or this this describes your patterns on depending on what time you like to wake up, when mm-hmm. you have energy, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you must not like human design then. I don't know enough about that at all that's probably the one i know the least about all i know is i'm a manifesting generator yeah and that sounds cool <laughs> sounds pretty dope it's based on your birthday and time and things though all right i'm not saying no to anything i know you're so open oh right, yeah well i have to try to be <laughs> because the alternative is just like you aren't as you grow older and then kind of become a jerk oh yeah i don't want that to happen it's stuck in the mud yeah Stuck in the mud. That was the random kind of thought I had today while I was driving around. That's a good thought. Yeah. That's a fun little train. (laughs) The random thought I had today was this morning when I was laying in bed. What was it? It was that sometimes I just, in the morning, think that I'm a princess that gets to stay in bed. Mm. (laughs) And I wait for things to be brought to me and wonder why... Nobody's here to dress me. <laughs> now, every example I can think of of a princess in bed uh-huh. at the start of the day. Yeah. The next thing that happens is that someone comes in and like rips open the curtains and there wakes them up pretty aggressively and then like tells them all the shit they got to do and all the stuff they already should be doing. It's not like, I mean, only outside of Disney where you're being dressed by nature crit- critters. Is it like as I mean, smooth? like, I don't need nature critters to do it. Like, sometimes it's just cold, and I wish that you would just come in and dress me. Well, maybe I would if I wasn't already taking out the dogs, making the coffee, getting the fire going. By I the, know. It's by like, then, it's like, you're on your own, man. If we had little mice that helped us do things, that would be really great. By then, I hope the smell vapors of the coffee it's have, tr- like, pulled you out of bed. They do. Often. Often. And that it smells like fire and warmth. So... You know, there's that part. It's just like, it's just a weird thought. Like, maybe at some point, because I'm hard pressed to believe that if I was a princess in a former life, that I was getting out of bed if I didn't want to get out of bed. Well, you certainly try to cultivate that vibe because every time I bring you coffee, you are alone in the bed in a king size bed. It's gigantic. Yeah. With, I mean, the Shih Tzu Lincoln is curled up next to you. So it's like, yeah, you're right out of a. It's my Disney princess dreams. I just yeah. don't have birds. My Disney princess ge- dreams are just sleeping. And just having, laying in s- bed. having someone wake me up. 
Well, that's why they don't tell that story when we watch princess things, because it'd be boring to watch. It would. You know, they don't show the days where the princess is like, F off. I'm not getting out of this bed. Everybody bring me things. Everybody bring and me things. a sweater to put on. <laughs> yeah, that's a random thought. So random thought of yeah. today. Random January thought. Yeah, that's I so don't, wouldn't have that thought in like July. It's true. Yep. So, so what are we here to discuss today? This is book club day. This is book club day. Book to club day slash week. So this is like a two pronged assault. One is to talk about the book we're currently reading. Current book club book. And since you have this thing in your head where you want to plan out the entire year already, like last time, it's like you have to pick a word for the whole year. And have you done that yet? No. Honey. Uh, you said I had till in bulk. All right. And that's February. <laughs> Good job. So I have not done that. I'm hoping the word just falls in my lap or smacks me in the face. I'm sure it will. All right. All right. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I got I got two more weeks to cultivate. Is there a singular word that can encapsulate a wider esophagus? No. Because I like that word. Hmm. I mean... We'll think about that. <laughs> a wider esophagus, please. Can I? <laughs> May I? Please. Can I? Mm. Um. So no, but we thought of planning the rest of this year's rest of this year's book club. book clubs, which we think we agreed on the number six. Right. Correct. That we would read total. Yes. Together. Right. Because we have other books to read too. Yeah. And yeah. are we counting this one we're reading right now as yeah. one? Okay. So five more. We'll pick six more and see how we do. Yeah, we're going to pick six more because we're technically reading two books right now. Two non-school books? <laughs> two. Mm, I mean, one would be considered a school book for me, but <laughs> we are currently reading two books. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're right. But the one that we specifically chose to read together yes. for our book club. quote-unquote book club is Babel by R.F. Kwong. It's so good. It's really good. It is like an alternative history sort mm-hmm. of thing or speculative history. I don't know what it's called. It's like a historical fiction. Slash fantasy. Slash fantasy. Historical fantasy. I don't know if that's an actual genre, but I feel like it should be. Definitely There's needs enough, to be because like, we read a lot of it. Fantasy books set in historical time periods with like major historical events and people. Yeah. It like teeters on, and Babel in particular, it's like it takes place at Oxford. Right. It, you know, has a lot of the um, historical accuracy of what is going on during that time period. So take us through. Start us off. What? Give me, what's this book about? For book, our listeners. For our listeners. This book is about um, a group of, you know, college age young people. Um, in the 19th century. Yeah, it's like, I think it starts early 1800s. I think when they're in school, it's like 1830s. It's like 1830s. Yeah. Which we love that time period. Do we? Yeah, we got married in that time period. Ah, yep. Um. God, is that why it seems like forever? <laughs> Lifetime. Ba-da, bop, zing. Forever. <laughs> and, um... One particular young man, uh, it seems like, has been kind of brought up, raised, 
cultivated for this particular role as a an interpreter. So right. um, the side of the story that sounds like it could be historically accurate is an interpreting department at Oxford. Right. And like, and like where they study is right. in a tower called Babel yeah. because they're called Babblers, right? Don't they yeah. refer to them as that? Because they're, they work with linguistics and language and translating and interpreting with the intention of like using these skills. Yeah. Um, for the British Empire, essentially. Specifically um, for the British once Empire. Once they graduate. Yeah. But like the main character is a boy from China mm-hmm. who like one of the professors when this kid was a boy is going to, is in China. Specifically, he's Cantonese, right? Yes. Yeah. And this professor goes into the house where the rest of this boy's family is dying of cholera. And basically, I think the boy is either, he might be sick, but he's not like dying yet. Right. But then this is where like the magic fantasy kind of kicks in. Mm-hmm. Where like one thing that they do at this part of the university in Babel is like silver work. Like they use, they call it match pairs. Like they try to find two words in like separate languages to yep. engrave in this magic silver to like do magic things. Mm-hmm. And like the professor uses the silver to like cure the boy. And then basically it, takes him yeah. to from China to England. Right. So, like, you think in the beginning, right, that he's being rescued by mm, this benevolent, right. wealthy Englishman. Oxford professor. Oxford professor, right. And then groomed and taught very specific things to be able to get into Oxford and get into this translation program, this linguistics program, so that he can learn how to make these silver bars. These mm. silver bars are also, like, they're used to do a ton of stuff, like like power things and create <coughs> things and protect things, like and if everything from home security to, mm, to like um, healing the sick, yeah, you know, healing illness, of, pretty much anything. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like I think part of the their education at Oxford for this is how to make match pairs of words and linguistics to make the silver do what you want. Yep kind of do it's like you can almost do anything yeah and so there are only four students in this program in um in this in this, in this particular cohort, cohort. yeah and you go that's like four years to this thing yeah and you just i mean they're just very endearing they're endearing characters like i mean you kept calling it a slow burn but i loved did i like i was pretty connected to the Particularly the two boys. Like, I yeah. just loved... Uh, slow burn in that the author spends a lot of time describing their education in the, at least the first year about, like, what they're learning. Um, and a lot of the details about, like, the... Maybe, like, Latin, too, and origins of words is pretty cool, too. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting. Where, like, there's big part of their education is, like, learning the origins of common words and how again the point is making match pairs and it's like oh the origin of this word you would think it means this because it sounds like this other word but it's actually not and that all that is really Uh, cool it's so fascinating i'm like like this is the root of that word i love this i love i love falling down that rabbit hole that's fun so 
I really love it. Shit's starting to hit the fan. <laughs> We're not well, going like, to talk about we, that because of spoilers. No, yeah, but, but like, uh, as the the boy who, uh, what's, his name is Robin? Yeah, Robin. Because of, what's it from? Why mm-hmm. did he choose the name Robin? I don't remember, but he got to pick his own name. Robin Swift. Robin Swift. Because of Swift was from the author. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Swift, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in his years at Babel in Oxford, like he is given the life he never would have or thought to have had he stayed in China and survived. Right. But then it's also like he slowly starts to question the what the purpose of his work and the student's work is for. Like, right. is it, you know... We're supposed to be doing this for like academia and the knowledge and research and to benefit, you know, they think like mankind, but like they slowly learned it's actually the benefit for the British Empire. And like, if you know anything about the British Empire in the early 1800s, <laughs> it's just colonial colonialism and getting resources from all parts of the world. Yep. And like these colonizing war, theft, drugs, and this like magic silver is a big kind of tool in their arsenal yep. that they're using to achieve all these international goals. So it's cool. To, it's like very interesting to watch him like slowly kind of get disillusioned in a way with like the world he thought Babel was and realizing what's like kind of actually going on. And then, yeah, I would say we've gotten to like the end of act two where like shit has, mm-hmm. shit has got real. Just got real. Yeah. I love it. I don't. Was it on Book Talk? Is that how you came upon it? Yeah, I found it probably through Book Talk, which is weird to say. But uh, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I can't even say that. Like, I go on Book Talk. Like, I don't. I don't really search for anything. It's just like my for you. I, right. I've liked enough things where people talking. I follow a couple people that talk about books and review books and stuff. Um. Yeah, handful of people. Talked about it, said it was good. And I've seen it other places where it's like always, it's in like the a lot of top 20 of 2022 lists. Yeah. So once I finally like, it's one of those things where like I couldn't really tell what it was about by just like looking at it. Like mm-hmm. it's obviously not a fantasy trilogy. You know, it's not like a biography. So I'm like, oh, what's the deal with this book? And then I read the flap. I'm like, oh, I know who would like this. <laughs> <laughs> Someone would dig this. Um, and yeah, it's really good. You're so good at picking up books for me. Well, I mean, it's funny you say that. Funny I say that. Because we have both looked at picking a list of books for the six that we're going to read, hopefully, mm-hmm. in 2023. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. did you deviate from the kind of topics that we kind of brought up earlier? I don't believe so. Okay. So in looking at topics that we both enjoy... We came up with true crime, historical fiction, Mm -hmm. historical fantasy, Uh biographies and memoirs, particularly of old white men. Is that right? (laughs) You were half right. Did I misread that? Yeah, you did. Oh, damn it. (laughs) Um, And books about Ireland, because we are going to Ireland in about two months. Yes, we are. So those are the, my list comes from those categories okay did you I, also i think for the most part there might be one rogue Ooh. there might be one rogue okay 
Sort of. So, do you want to hit me up with some true crimes? True crime. Yeah. Okay. I have a I have like a handful. Oh. So like what? I didn't pick just one. I just have a handful and like what sounds cool. I thought that we were each supposed to come to this table with six books. Uh well, there are six books on this list. <laughs> I probably have seven, to be I honest. I think with I have you. seven. Too, I might actually. have seven, maybe eight, but not a whole lot. I have All a right. bonus. So maybe two bonuses. Two honorable mention bonuses. Um so let's start with true crime. Okay. Which is so, still, this is one of those things where, like, I was blown away and, like, surprised when you told me you liked true crime. I was like, what? Because I learned it so late. Oh, like yeah. Like, five to six years in. Like, why am I learning this so late? It's so interesting because it checks so many boxes. Like, I like solving mysteries, period. Mm. Like, I love solving mysteries. Yeah. Um, And then... Typically, I mean, I'm sure that there are true crime stories that are written, like, that took place within the last, like, 10 to 15, 20 years, I guess. And for the most part, the true crime that I'm interested in would also be considered history because it's far enough back. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. Um, Anyway. Okay. It checks boxes. So, I have, I probably have four true crimes. I'm curious to see if uh, there's any overlap. Well, so why what don't you start? Because you have four. Well, what did you pick? Um, I picked one called We Keep the Dead Close. Oh, I saw that in my perusing. Ooh. Who is it by? Uh, Becky Cooper. What's it about? It's about a murder at Harvard. Oh. Um. And apparently a professor had been murdered in like 1969, you oh. know, popular year to write about. Is it? <laughs> um, and, you know, basically it dives into how this college that has been entrenched in elitism and discrimination has participated in many different forms of violence and so Mm. you know if like true crimes happening 1960s cool uh harvard and like yet again another example of higher education being corrupt i'm down oh okay all righty that's not i like it here's what i picked all right Mm -hmm. all right one it's called blood and ink Okay. The scandalous jazz age double murder that hooked America on true crime. Ooh. So again, yeah, this is like history. So it's about a double mm-hmm. murder in the twenties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um in New Jersey. Oh. Two- Everything's legal in New yeah. Jersey. <laughs> in nineteen twenty two, the deaths of an Episcopalian minister and his lover, <gasps> both of them married to other people, were killed and placed beneath beneath a crab apple tree in New Jersey. Oh. So it's about that. I'm I'm already intrigued. Okay, now here's this though. You might be even more intrigued with this one. Okay. Number two on this list. Who killed Jane Stanford? A Gilded Age tale of murder, deceit, spirits, and the birth of a university. Well shit. I know. It said spirits and gilded age. Right. Okay, okay. All right. So do you want me to read the blurb about it or just No. No? Okay. Mm-mm. Now this other one is 
not historical. This is more recent. It's called Trailed. And it is... Trailed. Trailed. True crime book that has stayed with... Oh, this is what... Um, trailed One Woman's Quest to Solve the Shenandoah Murders, which is about a botched homicide investigation. Uh, two young women were slain in a camping trip in Virginia's Shenandoah National Park in 1996. It's about this woman, like, trying to solve the crime or, mm-hmm. like, right the wrong of, uh, you know, of this botched investigation. Mm. Now, what hooked me on it was that this has an ending because sometimes true crime is like hey here's this weird mystery right and you want to be like so how's it end what happened and it's like ah we don't know know. well fuck you i don't know though because like i will say that with true crime Mm. when i pick true crime i want to be able to be to say beyond a shadow of a doubt couldn't be me couldn't be you what do you mean couldn't have happened to me oh yeah i get that like don't read the I book. don't go to Harvard. I don't teach there. <laughs> I don't live in the Gilded Age. So. I don't live in the Gilded Age. But camping in the 90s in Virginia. Mm. Yeah. I don't know about that one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This will be my own thing. Now, this, uh, this, okay, this probably is not going to be, but I mainly just kept this because I want to read it. Born to be Hanged. The epic story of the gentleman pirates who raided the South Seas, rescued a princess, and stole a fortune. Come on. <laughs> Goonies, never say Seriously. die. Seriously. <laughs> well, fine. This one's, I read it myself then. I'm, I'm leaning towards the first two that you mentioned. Oh, yeah? Um, Blood and Ink or Who Killed, out of, or who killed Jane Stanford? Yeah. Okay. When does Blood and Ink take place? Uh, 20s. 1920s. So maybe the Gilded Age one, because I got a couple. I like... The the 1920s are prevalent right now on my list. I don't know. Oh, weird. Okay. All right. What was yours called again? The one that you picked? We Keep the Dead Close. We Keep the Dead Close. Mm -hmm. It implicates the institution of Harvard. Love it. (laughs) It's amazing. I like it. Um... Yeah, that's a tough one. Only, only my only, uh, only hesitation is that we are reading a book right now about higher education. We are. It's like taking place at a university. We are. We are. So at a a distinguished university. Yeah, very distinguished. <laughs> um. All right. So are we leaning right now towards who killed Jane Stanford? Mm, I think so. All right. This isn't a definitive list. How are you feeling about that? We'll we'll pencil a check mark next to this one. Okay. Now for this next genre, historical fiction, I only picked two. Okay. Found two. Did you just pick one? Um, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But um, it falls into the category of like other things as well. So okay. yeah, uh, one of one that I have for historical fiction kind of tips into a different category that okay. we have. So. so I have one that is straight up only in the category of historic fiction. Okay. It's called The Orphan Collector. Okay. And it is set during the 1918 pandemic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yep, yep, yep. Um, which could be great because, you know, we just are in the middle of that. Um, or it could be really frustrating that uh, we refuse to learn from history ever. Mm. So 
Uh, it sounds like it's more along the lines of like uh, youth survival. I think that the main characters are relatively young, um, and it's set in Philadelphia. Ti- okay, can you say the title again? The Orphan Collector. The Orphan Collector. Cool. Okay. Uh, during the Spanish flu pandemic, and so it has to do with a thirteen-year-old German immigrant. Ooh girl pia she longs to be away from living in the you know overcrowded slum Mm. scenario yeah uh and basically her father ends up enlisting in the u.s army Mm. and um fight the kaiser of course the the second that the war was over Mm. the pandemic began um and so like she she goes into the city. She needs to get like they're all quarantining. Everybody's quarantining, and she needs to get like supplies or something. Mm. And um, she ends up collapsing in the street and getting taken to an orphanage. Oh, jeez. So, uh, you know, it it seems like a pretty cool, different sort of perspective of something like a global pandemic. I mean, oh. You haven't got enough, and I, and I don't think we've read something in a while with a main character that young. Mm, agreed. Yeah. You're right. So there was that also. Okay. What you got? All right. The Marriage Portrait by Maggie O'Farrell. So she has a couple other books. This one, a she brings the readers on a fascinating journey back to Florence in the 1550s to tell the story of a young duchess. And her very short life and death. Well, probably that one, because that sounds well, like that was me in a past life. It probably, yeah. I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> I was looking for your past lives in these selections. <laughs> now, here's my... Do you have any more historical fiction? Not not solely okay. historical fiction. Here's another one. This crosses genres. Okay. It's called Ireland. Okay. By Frank Delaney. Okay. In the winter of 1951, a storyteller arrives at the home of nine-year-old Ronan O'Mara, in the Irish countryside. The last practitioner of an honored centuries-old tradition, he assembled audiences for three evenings running with narratives of foolish kings and fabled saints and enduring accomplishments and selfless acts until he is banished from the household for blasphemy and moves on. So basically, I remember like probably 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. I started this book. I started listening to it. This book is like epic, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's kind of long. But it's like, I think it's, we're like, I want to say, uh, what's his name? James Mishner-esque mm-hmm. in the way yeah. where he, the, the the storyteller in the book is telling stories of Ireland's history. Like, he, like I think the first story he tells is about the building of Newgrange, like that big monument in Ireland. Mm. And like every other story he tells takes place at a significant time in Ireland's history. And so I thought that might be cool. That sounds very cool. Don't know where we, where we landed on which one. Well, I'm I'm unable to make that decision right now. Okay. Does this mean that we're squiggling over into Ireland? We can squiggle. Folks. Yep, we can do that. Let's squiggle over in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> I only have one for that one too. Oh no, I have two, but I think you're not uh, not gonna go for one of them. What do you got? What do you have? What do you? I just asked you. Yeah, but I'm asking you back. Okay. Well, I have. This is a, like a nonfiction book. 
and it's just a short history of Ireland. Mm. Yeah, I didn't think you'd want to. I don't know. I know. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, fine. Uh, what do you have? I have Haven. Haven by Emma Donahue. Oh, okay. Seventh century Ireland. Scholar and a priest mm. has a dream. Oh. Tells him to leave the world behind. Okay. He travels with two monks down the river Shannon mm. in search of an isolated spot to build a monastery. Oh, okay. He drifts out into the Atlantic. Oh. And they find impossibly steep Bear Island inhabited by tens of thousands of birds and claim it for God. <laughs> oh, okay. Do we know the name of the island? Is Scalic Michael? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. That's cool. See, in my brain, though, they're just going to be building the Jedi Temple. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> they probably were. Oh, okay. Seventh century. What else were you doing? All right. All right. Yeah. So there's that one. I like that one. That's good. Um, The other one, I mean, the other one, I'm definitely like, oh, this this is right up my alley. But I don't know how you would feel about it. Um, It is called What the Wind Knows. Oh, okay. And What the Wind Knows is um, by Amy Harmon. And essentially, it's about a woman who grew up listening to her grandfather's stories of Ireland. And he dies. And so when he dies, she travels to Ireland to spread his ashes. And... uh, she is somehow I don't I don't know how obviously uh, transported back in time. Oh, you love that stuff. Nineteen twenty-one. Oh, okay. Um, teetering on the edge of war, dangerous place to awaken. Um, and she joins the struggle for Ireland's independence. Oh, okay. Um, oh, that's a good one. Right, right. I like that. See. It's- Checks a lot of boxes. It does check a lot of boxes. Wow, it's a tough call between those two. Now, my other one that I was more seriously considering is a little similar to The Ireland by Delaney. Mm-hmm. But this is like, by it's by Edward Rutherford. Okay. The Princes of yep. Ireland. Yep. He is also, this is more like James Mishner, where... Instead of like a storyteller just telling random stories in the book about various things that, ha- you know, stories in Ireland, while also being said in the 1950s, Rutherford does straight up Mishner stuff where mm-hmm. he like he picks a place, tells a sweeping grand epic that takes thousands of years and generations and generations right. and like tells the story of the place along with the people in it. Mm-hmm. Um so let's see, I, I got the blurb here. In this history of Ireland, he interconnects a cast of characters, which include pagan druids, St. Patrick, the makers of the Book of Kells, Henry II's shenanigans, and the Vikings. Well, shit. I know. It's a tough one. This is going to be really, really hard. We're going to have to get, like, we're going to have to make a list, number these books, yeah. and roll a oh, yeah. however many-sided die. Probably a D6. Yep. Because I think we... Or four. I don't know. We could probably narrow it down to four. Because I would say um, Haven. Actually, maybe only two. Hey, I would say either Haven or Princes of Ireland. 
Oh, how do you feel about how do you feel about Ireland though? The Delaney one. Do you think that sounded interesting? I mean, it does. Of course, yeah. it does. If you had to pick with one of the two that I picked, which one would you pick to know. put in the list? Like Princes of Ireland by Rutherford or Ireland by Delaney? Probably Princes of Ireland. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. So we might just slip a coin with that one. We just slip a coin. Tricky. Tricky stuff. All right. What else we got? That's the... Uh, I don't even know where we landed. <laughs> How about um, historical fantasy? Did you get any for that? Yes. Ooh, what do you got? So this is called A Criminal Magic. Have you seen this book? No. It's basically prohibition. Ooh. But magic is what um, is outlawed with the 18th Amendment. Oh, what's it called? A Criminal Magic. Are you checking it out? Yeah. A Criminal Magic. By Lee Kelly? Yes. Okay. Yep, yep. Neat. Yeah, I think I read one thing that was like the night circus meets Peaky Blinders. <laughs> um and then so essentially it's like the what the it's it's the nineteen twenties, mm-hmm. it's set in Washington DC. Okay. It's like this is the political issue right at the table is like anti sorcery activists <laughs> have achieved <laughs> the prohibition of sorcery oh. and the city's magic underworld is like you know it's basically like bootlegging magic oh, right that's cool um and so there's gangs oh, that okay. you know there's organized right. magic like the, criminals <laughs> the peaky blinders kind of thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. okay right. so um i think that that i think that that's really really fun that's fun um, how many historical fantasies did you do you have th- that's the only one that's the only one okay yeah. I have three. Oh, damn. But probably two are going to be seriously considered. Uh, one is Spellbreaker by Charlie N. Holmberg. What is Spellbreaker? About? In Victorian England, magic and spell making are prevalent but strictly controlled by the elite classes. Oh, that sounds kind of similar. <laughs> Elise Camden has been like Robin, like the Robin Hood of magic, breaking spells to help the poor. Until one mission, she is caught by an expert magic user who won't turn her in if she agrees to help him. Holmberg historical fantasy is a delightful read with intriguing world building and a cute love story and plenty of adventure. <laughs> plenty. It's plenty. Plenty. <laughs> enough of that. Uh, yeah, this one actually, I when I was looking for this, this one was on the list of books I was going to get you for Book of Flute. Oh. But I got you the other one about because I think I set in India. Yeah. It seemed like you'd be more interested. Mm-hmm. And my other choice is also set in Victorian London. Hmm. Things in Jars by Jess Kidd. Victorian London female detective faces her hardest case yet, kidnapping of a young girl, hidden daughter of Sir Edmund Berwick. Christabel is rumored to have supernatural powers. Along the way, Bertie teams up with a giantess housemaid and a tattooed ghost to solve the mystery. <laughs> That sounds very light and fun. It does, which is kind of why I was thinking, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, a little lightness and honestly, you use the word fluff in a bad way. It might be okay. Uh, I don't know. I might go with yours. What was yours? The historical fantasy? A criminal magic. Criminal magic. Yeah. The gangs sound kind of cool. Right? Yeah. I like Different that. Different take yeah. on. I like it. Criminal you know? 
a criminal magic. Nice. Um, that may be all I have. Oh. I did not get any biographies or memoirs. So this isn't technically a biography. It's It has a lot of autobiographical tendencies. Okay. Technically, I don't think that it's listed as that. All right. Um, let's see. It's semi-autobiographical. All right, go ahead. Uh, it is a novel by James Baldwin. Oh, okay. And it is a story of John Grimes, a teenager in 1930s Harlem, and his relationship with his family and his church. It's essentially like his relationship and growing up within this Pentecostal church um, and a little bit of like dealing with moral repression around religion and hypocrisy around religion. Um, And like, it's definitely, I mean, this book is rated like one of the hundred novels of the 20th century. What was the title again? Go tell it on the mountain. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've heard of that and never knew what it was about. Yeah, yeah. So, because I haven't read this mm. one and, um, you know, the semi-autobiographical, like... Yeah. Like, and I think I read somewhere that James Baldwin wrote that if he hadn't written this book, mm. he wouldn't have written any other books. Really? Like, he had to get this kind of sort of story about his life and self out oh, okay. before he could think about being in like the invention of characters and, hmm. um yeah well it's like you know when you start write what you know right you know what i mean right oh that's cool i like it i think we have six do we we do we, we got who killed jane sanford uh-huh uh princes of ireland yep the orphan collector yep haven mm-hmm. criminal magic okay and go tell it on the mountain okay Nice. I have one more. Oh, sweet. What is it? So this is the outlier. Ooh. This kind of lands in the category of history. Okay. And might be also more of a book that is different than any other book that we have read together. Okay. Well, I'm, and I'm on board for that reason alone. It's called This Is Your Mind on Plants. <laughs> and it's not about what you think it's about. Okay. It's not about like it's being not vegetarian. Plant based diets no. and how great they are for you. And... No, it's about um, human history. It's by Michael Pollan. What has he done to my. Um, and it's about like human history and uh, how we obviously have found medicine and plants and food and plants and you know basically everything that we have figured out how to build started but with building it out of some kind of a plant or a natural substance right oh he did the omnivores dilemma yeah yeah okay and um like why are what is it about human beings that has this curiosity around mind altering plants or plants that Mm. allegedly change your consciousness. And I think that he looks specifically at um, caffeine Mm. and uh, opium and something else. And like follows like mescaline. 
Yes, yes. And follows how these plants have created and interacted with human beings throughout human history as well. Oh. So, well, I mean, that could that be would the outlier. I like it. I think that could be an honorable mention if we get through the six that we've chosen and have the time. Maybe that's a 2024. First one is 2024. I like it. I like it. I think it's I think it's awesome. I think we have a solid whole book club list. You do. Which one do you want to start with? Well, we're in the middle of two of them right now. Right, but when we're done with Babel, which I think if we were if we didn't switch offices today, Mm. I could have finished it. Yeah. It's gonna happen soon. Yeah. It really is. Did zero reading today. But I think I think we could finish this in a week. Okay. Let's do it. Do you think you can finish it before Thursday? You're getting your teeth out. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably not. Probably no, not. Not with Tuesday, not with Wednesday. No, there's no. too many things happening. Okay. Um, well, you're a faster reader than I am, so I'll finish true. it by Thursday, and you could finish it soon after. Finish it by Sunday. Yeah. Cool. And then what? Uh, yeah, and then what? Uh, what do you want to start with? Well, can we? do you think we can read one? We have a couple books we want to read about Ireland. And we're going there in March, right? Like two months. I don't think we're going to read a whole book and then an Ireland book before we go. Okay, so, so we I need think to dive into. The I Ireland think the books. next one should be either Princes of Ireland or Haven. Let's do Princes of Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should get a page count first because his books. Are, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if this like is like eight hundred pages, I was going to say yeah. If this is eight hundred pages, maybe we do Haven first. I don't know. Um yeah, we'll do one of those. I don't know, because Haven might be like the Ireland book that we could also listen to or read mm. while we're in Ireland. While we're there. Or like on the plane. Right. Yeah, that seems like a better, right. maybe a more yeah. travel kind of book. Sweet. <laughs> Thank you for not sneezing into the microphone. I, I did such a good job. <laughs> I did, I did. Good job. Um, let's see. Any other? I mean, my I meant to say this before we kind of dove right in, but mm. we dove right in, and my brain isn't working very well. But like, I'm not telling people what to do. <laughs> I'm judging you based on no. whether you do what I do. No, I'm just. I really think that there's something particularly for people who have lived together and been in relationship for a really long time. Well, I sorry, not to interrupt, and I know you hate that, as you should. Never feel bad for, like, steering whatever we're talking about, even though it's not related to, like, marriage relationship. <laughs> no, I'm serious, because, like, it's not the first time where I think I have seen or have heard people being like, huh, like, appreciative of your insight. And your opinion and like your take. So like if we're talking about outside beauteous and you're like, <laughs> I had this thought about relationships uh-huh. while doing work outside. I'm like, please, I would love to hear it. That's not what I bring to this table. <laughs> I know how to plug everything in. And that's you kind do of plug it. everything in. That might be all I bring. And all the editing. And all- <laughs> Yeah. That- and, and sound effects. Uh, well, and... Uh, I, I'm pretty good at starting 
whatever our episode is. Yes. With something that's not related to our episode. Non sequiturs. Doing the the James Bond openings. <laughs> where usually the opening scene has nothing to do with the nothing movie. Nothing to do with it. No. I love it. So sorry. I love yes, that you go do ahead. That. I didn't mean to. I just think that when, you know, as a couple, you've been together a long time, we live together, we work together, like, you know, it's really easy to slip into the habit of, um, and honestly, even if you don't work together all day, um, like, how was your day? What did you do? Blah, 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 blah. Like, you just stay on those, like, more superficial topics. Whereas yeah. when we're reading a book together, sure, we, it's our book club. So we discuss the book, yeah. right? But it goes beyond that because it starts infusing things in the in your conversation, in your like regular vernacular that might be like a joke. It might be just like <laughs> mentioning something that turns into kind of like an inside little thing mm. that is relevant in this moment because you guys are reading something. <laughs> I don't remember why I said it, but we were in the car and I was like, yeah, yeah, like we're going to an opium den. <laughs> Like there, it would make no sense to anybody else listening to that conversation. Right. And we had both just read this chapter right. where it had this had happened in the book. So, like, it adds this newness in and like a different, not so run of the mill conversation to have about, right. you know, what did you think about this? Like, oh, you know, did you get to this part yet? It's really yeah. well. I think about that every time we talk about book club and I think of when we read Inferno because with the, the, the Dan Brown book that like the bad guy wants to, you know, his whole thing is like earth is too populated. Yep. I have something that can fix this. And it's like tracking him down. Cause they think it's a virus. Then he's going to kill half the people on the planet or like a yep. freaking Thanos thing. And it's like, I think, I think in the book, the bad guy essentially wins and like releases his thing, but mm-hmm. it's not what we thought it was. And right. we both got to that part and we're like, what did you think about that? And we were both like, huh? Eh, not, not so bad. Not a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know if I'm supposed to not like this man, like, but yeah, like, I mean, it I'm was not kind of brilliant. I'm not pro this idea, but like, like, I wouldn't do it. No, but also, like, if this is your goal, wasn't there are worse ways to well, get it? Well, and like, a relatively low, like, damage level. You know, it wasn't mm. like body bags in the street. Like, right. it made sense. It made sense. <laughs> it made... But I mean, before we get... Before we turn off people with, Dear our, Lord. <laughs> with our views on population control, <laughs> uh, the point uh, was where it's one of those... It's like the James Bond music question. Where yeah. Where it wouldn't have come up if we weren't both reading this book together. Exactly. So... Exactly. I think those like random non sequitur questions like mm-hmm. are are fun. Yeah. It's like yeah. Yeah, and I think like of course, I mean I'm reading two other books right now that you're not reading. Yeah. Wow. Are you just reading Babel right now? Um no, because I was kind of far behind. No, I mean I was kind of far behind you, so I put anything. I think I'm reading at least one other thing, but mm-hmm. I was just focusing on Babel for this yeah. past week. Um, oh yeah, reading story by Robert McKee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, I have. I always have at least two or three on the burner. Right. So 
And we talk about those things like, oh, I just read this thing in this book or, you know, this book is really great or I think you would like it or, you know, like we we share in talking about whatever it is that we're reading, watching, consuming, seeing, you know, it's just different when it's your own little marital, marital book club, marital book club. Yeah. And I... Sometimes you ever see books that have like book club questions mm-hmm. in the back. I see that in some books and I've never actually sat down to read the questions. Oh. But I'm curious now to find a book that has that, like a book club guide. I'm curious to see if the questions would be any good. Like Even if they... they're not like in the book though, they're somewhere. I'm sure. I'm sure we could find a Babel book club oh, yeah. reading guide. That'd be interesting. Absolutely. Right here. Yeah. 10 discussion questions. Oh, do you think like... The reason though it, that I haven't brought this up in the past is because, you know, sometimes you're like, mm, mm, This feels like homework. This feels like English class. <laughs> <laughs> Only if they're like, there's the themes of the book. What blah, is blah, the blah, theme? Blah, what blah, is blah. the tone of this book? What is the author's Ugh, tone? Give me, stop a theme. <clears throat> I don't mind theme. Theme is fine and good, but... When I was 16 and getting asked what the theme of a book I didn't give a shit about, like, I don't, I didn't like this book. I don't know what this book is about, let alone the actual themes. Ugh. Mm. Couldn't do it. So I like this question. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you this Babel question. Okay. We're going to bring this episode home on our first official Babel or any kind of book club discussion question. It's true. Okay. Um, nervous. We do have a bookshop, FYI. Oh, yeah, we do. We'll have to put that in there. We should. Um, so this book covers a lot of academic topics. Mm. Etymology, power dynamics, and international trade. Mm. Um, and there's also world building with silver magic and major, like, scary action sequences. Of the three academic topics, magic, and action sequences... Mm. Which would you have wanted more of, and which would you have wanted less of? Oh, that's tough. Um, I felt the action is appropriate because I feel like it's not what this book is. Mm. This isn't an action book. This isn't like a thriller. Right. So I'm happy with the amount of academic uh, entomology talk and the amount of action. Mm -hmm. I think there's, I'm not, I didn't read it. I'm not reading a thing like, wow, this is boring. I wish there was more action going on. Right. Um, I also kind of like that there's little world building with the magic. Sometimes I just like it, like it's here. This is what it does. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to explain how it works because you as the uh, the reader is like, how does it work? And it's just like spins in your brain. I'm like, it doesn't really matter. Right. And you get to like kick it around yourself. And that it also gives it an air of mystery that is not explained, mm-hmm. I think. So I, okay. So if I had to pick one, I would want more of. What's your answer? I don't know if I have one. <laughs> uh, if I had to pick one, I would pick more at ent- the entomology. Yeah. Because I think while the action is by no means boring, it's interesting. I think I find her entomology writing more interesting than her action. Same. In this book. Yeah. I shouldn't say it because her other book, she has a trilogy, the Poppy War trilogy, mm-hmm. which is like another fantasy war trilogy. Yeah. So... I'm not saying that I 
wouldn't think she could do that well. I just find the entomology really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I would even take less action, but that's just me in general. It has nothing to do with her writing. Like, I don't need those sequences of like, dun, 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 what's happening? Well, I think they're sprinkled enough around it. They're there enough to make it interesting and exciting and not like, this is not yeah that kind of book, I think, right? Sure. I mean, it's just, for me, it's interesting and exciting anyway, because we're talking about like funding the British Empire as it just like pillages right. different resources from people yeah. well i mean we should also say that i think the most action is going to come in the, yeah, the last 150 pages that we still have because i is. think like like we said shit is getting real mm-hmm. so they're i think it's coming so yeah i think actually i would like i mean i want to say more of the etymology because it's fa- it's so fascinating yeah, I like it. i want to like get a notebook out and write down <laughs> like every root word and you know how words have evolved through language over time like mm. oh my god it was so fascinating and i also thought it was really funny when i don't know someone was talking shit about french <laughs> <laughs> in one of the chapters like you know just like the academic sparring of mm. like oh you know this is the least complicated language that evolved from you know, like romance languages. Or yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, I would like more of the magic. Yeah. And maybe it's yet to come mm. because yeah, it's true. they're just embarking upon their fourth year. And it's like, mm. now they'll get to do like the silver working at that level. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Um, f- as somebody who like, I mean, I just love magic. <laughs> And I think that this is what is so hard sometimes for me with like, um, with magic being in the fantasy genre is it's like, well, how did that happen? Oh, well, just magic. <laughs> like, yeah, it just happened by magic. There's a line for me about that where mm-hmm. like, if you can explain anything away with like, oh, it's magic. But I also need paragraphs upon paragraphs of detail explaining how the magic happens. I don't really need that. No, I don't need that. I think I would like to see like ritual around like invoking these silver mm. bars to like work. You know, like I want yeah. people in a circle no, chanting that's cool. something. I, I would rather have that, a scene like that, than a scene with like a fourth year explaining to Robin in his first year, ex- like ex- an exposition scene about like, oh, yeah, no. magic. Oh, this is blah, blah, blah. Like we don't need that. But like witnessing a ritual, that's cool. Yeah, All right, I got it. Good. Nice. Hey, right. discussion question number one. Look at us. Look at that. Of having official book club questions. Look at that. We both answered it. <laughs> and that's the best you're going to get from me. You know, our English teachers would be so proud. Yeah, they would. I mean, mine would. Mine would. Bar was really low for me. I did not bring a lot to the English class table. Oh, I had one of the best English teachers ever, actually, junior year. She's yeah, amazing. I liked all my high school English teachers. I was just like a teenage boy that would rather be playing baseball than yeah. trying to read any of these books that are not interesting to a teenager. But it makes sense because you know what? You had a finite amount of time that you could play baseball. That's true. And all these books are waiting for you. Oh my God. Way to, that was just poetry. You just, brilliant way to end that episode. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. Episode two goes out with some lyrical prose. (laughs) This is Matt. This is Jeannie. Thanks, everyone.